six rats get caught trying to steal all the cheese. Welcome back, FPL Surgery listeners. Uh, this week's headlines are discussing Bruno and the Manchester United assets. We also discuss our best and worst decisions of the season. And we've got plenty of questions as well. Welcome back to episode 211 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We're recording. It's the evening, um, Monday, the 19th of April, 2021. Just to put it into FPL perspective, we're recording two hours before the Leeds against Liverpool game even kicks off. So we don't even know the team sheets at the moment. Um, and as always, I'm here with Josh. Um, so, Josh, I mean, how are things going with you this week? And I mean, I guess more importantly, what do you think about the, the Super League, which we don't want to discuss too much, but we've got to touch on it. Evening, mate. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, it's dominating Twitter at the moment, isn't it? Um, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it yet. I don't kind of want to provide uh, too, too strong an opinion yet. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, caused some uproar to say the least. Yeah, no, it has. And I mean, yeah, I've had mixed emotions. I've been quite angry about it generally, but yeah, it's, it's such early days with it. And I guess we are an FPL podcast, so we're going to, you know, we're going to move on as much as possible with FPL stuff. Not completely forget it's happening, but, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of good podcasts recording, you know, content on that. For example, I'm quite looking forward to listening to Planet FPL later. I see their pods just dropped. So let's move on to more positive things because I'm really looking forward to this one, Josh. Yeah, good stuff. I think it's going to be going to be an interesting pod. Great to hear from uh, this week's guest. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this week's guest, um, I believe it's his pod debut, and he's the man behind the great and the good league. He also boasts two top 10k finishes, with his highest being an incredible 85th um, in the 2018-19 season. So please welcome to the podcast, Andy Moverly, aka FPL Greyhead. Hi, Andy. How's it going? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, just absolutely delighted to be uh, to be on the pod. I was just thinking when he said the uh, the 85th, that does seem a long, long time ago. I've got to be honest, um, based on the uh, last couple of seasons. But uh, no, it's great to be on the show. No, of course. I mean, it's only a couple of seasons ago, really, isn't it? I guess it's just the time's moved a lot slower the last year or so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the last two seasons have been challenging for everyone. So, uh, yeah, no, but, uh, those heady heights seem a, seem a distant memory now. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so can I just ask, I've got to ask about the 85th. Um, how did it go down? Did you, was that your highest position in the season? Um, or were you challenging higher? That's, I mean, it's an incredible finish. Uh, no, I think it was, um, that. Well, I got down to about, uh, I think it's the low 70s um, at well, one stage. Uh, but it was a kind of general progression all the way through. Um, and what was funny was that was the, uh, that was actually the first year that I did the uh, the great and good articles. Um, so, um, and, and obviously we'll talk about that a bit more um, later on. But I did the articles really kind of start to kind of really try to work out how I can improve my uh, improve my game. And it just kind of coincided that as I started the articles and started tracking some of the uh, some of the managers, my uh, my rank um, my rank improved. So uh, it was it was one of those seasons I think where just kind of everything went my way really. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that question later on about the great and the good league. Because, um, yeah, I, do, I, do, I love the tweets you do every week. I like nosing through, you know, especially people where they're not even on Twitter, like Magnus Carlsen, or they are on Twitter, but he's not tweeting about FPL. He's obviously tweeting about chess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah um so i guess we we'll start first of all with our with our game week so far now we're very very early into the game week but andy how, how's your game week going so far you know what were your moves going into the game week etc well it, it's kind of not really started yet for me because i think um like everyone else um obviously um i had kane and kane and son on the on the friday night and then um i was uh, i've also got lingard as well so i've only had three players that have uh, played the game so far um and i was coming off the back of um a uh, wild card a week before so didn't need to make any moves and the wild card had gone really well because I finished up on um, 84 points for the week so that that kind of put me in a really good place and I'm quite happy with my squad at the moment so it's actually going to be tricky trying to work out what moves I'm going to do going forward to be honest but um, yeah so I think a lot depends um, over the next few days because I've um, I've obviously got I've got the triple Chelsea defence well, admittedly one of those is Alonso so whether or not he turns up or not is a is a different story um, and then I've got um, double Leicester I've got Vardy and um, Iniacho on on the Thursday night as well so uh, so yeah so I think I think those two uh, those two games later on this week will really kind of determine what kind of game week I have yeah your squad looks really strong I mean the fact you could bench Holden um, says it all really because I'd have lo- I know he only got two points but I'd have loved to have a player like that in my team this week so and he's sec- your second sub as well yeah, no, I must admit, because I think that was one of the things I wanted to make sure I did on the uh, the wild card is kind of have quite a kind of strong bench because and kind of strong squad because there's still obviously so much kind of rotation and kind of things that you just can't plan for. Um, I mean, you've seen it just this week, I mean, with the um, the goalkeepers with uh, with the likes of uh, Leno and it looks like Mendy's going to miss out as well. So um, I think I really want to make sure I had um, some decent uh, decent depth, depth to my squad this time around. Of course, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, Josh, how's your how's your one been so far? Yeah, pretty similar uh, to Andy's. Um, I've only had one other player playing, so I also had Kane's son and uh, Lingard, but also Luke Shaw, which was disappointing for them to concede against Burnley. I thought he looked great, set up a lot of chances and stuff as well. Um, I made one transfer, so I got rid of Sterling um, for Son, which was always the plan. I guess we're, we're, yeah, like you say, we're not even halfway through yet. So uh, looking forward to tonight, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, no, of course, there's a lot lot of games to come. Um, so, I mean, my team, again, it's pretty similar to both of you. Kane captain, had Son, Lingard, but I also had Luca Dean, who only got one point. But, you know, I've still got possibly eight players to play. I guess it depends on Kane. Um, I had to do a minus eight though. That, that's the only, only bad thing about this week. Um, I had to remove Saka, Calvert Lewin, and Abama Yang, who had malaria. And I got in some very, you know, popular picks at the moment. So nothing that exciting. I got in Salah, Ian Acho, and Jesse Lingard. I, I did cave on him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my team. Still, there's still a few little niggles here and there. I mean, I've got Rafinha, I've still got Ailing and Konsa. Um, although their fixtures are about to change. They're guys on the bench, luckily. But yeah, so if you'd like to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Thank you to all of our Patreons this season. Um, of course, we've still got the Cash League running. I believe we're not going to take any new entrants to that. You know, well done to the people who are doing well in that, and we'll get on to those later in the episode. Andy Portlock, Ron Frosk and Ross from FPL Merch. They pledge at the highest tier to get an extra special mention each week. And we'll go back to the headlines. 
So our first headline, basically Bruno and Manchester United assets. Now, we've not actually discussed Man United assets that much this season outside of the main man. That's Bruno. Um, We've got a question on Twitter from Sean Henderson asking, quite simply, is it time to drop Bruno? So, Andy, I mean, what what do you think about that? Well, I mean, in terms of Bruno, I've actually made the decision on my wildcard not to not to bring him in. Um, And I think that was... It was it's kind of done on, on a few reasons really. One, um, uh, I, I just felt that um, he wasn't someone I was gonna gonna captain much towards the um, the end of the um, end of season because I was gonna get um, Kane and Salah um, to be honest. So I just felt in terms of those extra extra funds, I'd rather as I, as I said earlier on, I'd kind of spread that out and kind of give myself um, a stronger a stronger squad. Um, I mean, obviously in terms of his, his numbers. That they're not where they are. Um, I mean, obviously, he's still a kind of quality pick. Um, and he, I think he's still top, isn't he, in terms of double-digit hauls as well. So he, the, there's every chance he's gonna he's gonna go again. Um, but I just I just think in terms of kind of some of the other other ways that you can kind of spread that money around. And going back to that point whereby I only really like to kind of invest in the kind of in the in the big hitters if I think I'm going to capture them. And I just, I just, I can't see myself doing that uh, with Bruno for now. So, for me, I'm kind of um, holding my nerve, and uh, I'm not having him in my squad. But um, I, I got to be honest, it's kind of, it's a, it's a nervous watch every time I watch uh, watch United. <laughs> that he's finally going to, finally going to explode. I mean, even even yesterday um, against that Burnley game, I was I was terrified he was gonna he was gonna get something. So I, uh, I did go out for a long walk to avoid having to, to watch again. <laughs> Well, I can fully relate with that because I've spent large chunks of the season without Bruno and it, yeah, it, it can be horrible. And I mean, uh, it's interesting to see you. So you've gone down a similar route to I went down. Now, I luckily I saw Bruno in, in game week 26 and decided to go for Vardy instead. That was when I wildcarded. So you've obviously gone down the same route. And I guess the one problem with that so far, apart from the Sheffield United game, is obviously Vardy's blanking himself. So, I mean, would would Vardy be someone that you'd, that you'd captain? Well... When I looked at one of the games, like I say, it was always going to be um, it was always going to be Kane and um, and Salah that was captain. But I, when I looked at the um, when I looked at the, the the fixtures and obviously Leicester's fixtures are just kind of amazing and still continue to be um, amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was worth the, the the gamble on Vardy. Plus, where I am current in terms of overall ranking, which was you know around a kind of 160k mark. Uh, I knew if I kind of wanted to to make a move, um, I kind of want I, I needed to do something a, a bit different. So I thought the double down on on, on Vardy and uh, in the Ancho was the was the way forward. And and also to be honest, it's quite depressing having ha- having Bruno for those those weeks before I actually kind of wildcarded him out because uh, as as I'm sure many of us do, you obviously kind of keep track via kind of live FBL in terms of where you are. And just to kind of know that if he scores, he's he's either going to kind of do very little to your rank or actually kind of hurt you in some circumstances. So um, so part of it was just kind of moving that pain from my life and uh, yeah, like I said, having, <laughs> a bit of a, having a bit of a gamble on uh, on Vardy. Yeah, plus you almost get a twelfth man because you can almost cheer Bruno like a Bruno Blank on. Um, like a player's player's hole. Um, and also there's not many big hitters left, differential big hitters anyway. So I guess Vardy's the only one. Something interesting is, I guess, Josh, you wildcarded at the same time as Andy, but and you don't have Bruno either. 
but yeah. you've gone a slightly different route you've put your money in defense well yeah I mean for me I I went down the route that I mean the pretty much the template midfield right now for for, for people that wild card in 31 or or template um otherwise if, if, if you could get there without the wild card is is um Sana Bruno Sun Yotta Lingard um, and I, I wanted to go a different route of basically just having, I mean, everyone's got Kane, um, but just having two premiums in midfield. Um, so to three, three premiums in total um, and then spreading my cash a bit more, enabling me to get, yeah, the more expensive defence, a bit of a better squad. Um, so, yeah. Sorry? Apart from Brewster. Apart from Brewster. He's just sitting there third <laughs> sub. He's, um, you know, just don't want to miss his goal when he gets it, you know. The number of times I got him off my bench. Even on my free hit, I managed to get him off my bench. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, not that he'll ever be in my team, that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, so I didn't win a different route with that, really. So, yeah, so at the moment I'm, I'm on Kane, Salah and Son. Um, start, obviously, wildcarded with Sterling, moved him to Sun, and now actually on the topic of Bruno, the plan potentially is to go Sun to Bruno. So, while everyone's saying, you know, is it time to lose Bruno and whatnot, I'm actually more looking at the opposite of is of not not necessarily is it time to bring Bruno in um, because I think a lot of people would say from a stats perspective that he's he's not he's not you know looking particularly great at the moment but the Leeds fixture is a great fixture for him he did really well um, when um, they played them at, at home um, so I don't see why he can't replicate that away from home um, I think really a lot of it with him I do think Pogba is is a big is a big part of it um but where I think it's different with him and if you looked at it yesterday um in the first half they played Pogba as one of the three behind it was actually Greenwood wasn't it who was playing up front um and I think it was Pogba was on the on the right and Bruno was in the middle, but they were very interchanging. And then they took off Fred at halftime and brought on Cavani. And then Pogba was one of the two with McTominay. And then they had three behind Greenwood. So essentially I think when, when Pogba is part of that three behind the striker, it really impacts Bruno and his positioning. But when Pogba's part of the two, the more defensive two alongside whoever it be, Fred or McTominay, I don't think it impacts him. And if you looked at Bruno's positioning yesterday, it was really different in the first half to how it was in the second half. He was very much coming back, picking the ball up, you know, and he was he was creating um, play. Um, whereas in the second half, he was much more in the box, you know, got some shots in and... For me, the contrast between their performance in the first half and the second half, United, I don't see why they wouldn't go with Pogba and McTominay against uh, Leeds and a bit more of an attacking four in front of them um, than, than playing Pogba, Fred and McTominay. It's interesting, really, isn't it, with Bruno? Because he had last seven games, one goal, which was a penalty against City, and one assist. Um, so it's pretty poor numbers. But then if you've got him for this week against Leeds, despite Leeds Im- improving defensively, you know, I wouldn't want to be selling him this week. Um, no, he's definitely not. the captaincy shout alongside Salah this week. I think I think they're the two the two obvious ones without, you know, 
without City and uh, and Spurs playing. Yeah, but let's talk about. So there's other Manchester United assets as well, of course. So we had Shaw created six chances. Obviously Greenwood, who's at bargain price, he got a brace, you know, and he's been getting some good attacking returns for United recently. Um, so Andy, are there any other Man United players you're looking at? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got to be a bit careful here because um, the obvious one is, um, is 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 Greenwood, isn't it? Um, in terms of what he's been, uh, obviously in terms of his performance uh, yesterday. And obviously, in terms of where he is around his stats, and I think he's now kind of top, isn't he, for kind of shots in the box over the last last four weeks or so. But um, the, the reason I've got to be careful is um, I'm part of a WhatsApp group with um, uh, Big Man Backer, and um, who does the reviews. And when it first came out, he was kind of he was saying, "Oh, we need to get Greenwood. Greenwood's person to get to." And I kind of pushed back, saying, "No, I don't think he's going to get again." <laughs> so I've got to be slightly careful on this one. But I mean. I have kind of changed my mind, really. Um, I just, I think, um, the, like I say, the, the, the stats, the, 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 the way he's kind of so, um, he's always looking for that kind of end product, whether that's kind of a um, kind of a shot or a cross or whatever that may be towards it. And I just think he's also kind of half got in his mind that, that um, he's looking for that spot in the, um, in the England squad as well. So I think, and I've got happy memories from 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 last year, whereby he had that he had that great run, didn't he, when he was only a 4.5 forward um, at the time. So yeah, no, he's he's definitely the the obvious one and, and one that I'm kind of thinking about in terms of how I could fit him in. I've always found it difficult because I've not had Bruno so much. I almost I think I've been ignoring Man United assets because I feel like if I don't have Bruno, I can't start looking at the other assets. And then you'll be taking up possibly two midfielder spots if you wanted to go Bruno and Rashford or Bruno and Greenwood, for example. Um, I mean, do you favour any of those those players, Josh? I mean, I know you've got Luke Shaw already, but what about the attackers? I'd go for Cavani out of them personally. I think Rashford's a bit of a, uh, a no-go at the moment with his, his injury that he's just being monitored the whole time. He's getting subbed early. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the odd game here and there particularly with them still being in Europa League, which is clearly still a massive priority to them alongside, you know, confirming their Champions League spot for, you know, next season or Maybe. or not. Who knows what's <laughs> happened with that now? Um, and um, I think for me, I'd go Cavani. The reason being that I think the next two fixtures really suit him. I think Leeds could be a great a great fixture for him. Um, with his movement and whatnot, and the same with Liverpool as well. Like against Nat Felix and Kabak, like I just think it could be those two could be really, really nice, profitable fixtures for him. So he'd be my pick out of the um, the non Bruno, you know. Do his minutes not worry you? And also Nat Phillips' aerial prowess as well. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I mean, his minutes, he's, I think. Now Martial's out and Rashford's got to be managed a bit more. I think he's going to get more more time. You know, he got um, a goal and assist against Spurs in game 31. He obviously scored when he came off the bench at halftime against Burnley. They look a lot better with him as well. So I think um, I think he'll play a lot more now between now and the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, he'd be my, my one. I think Greenwood looks great, don't get me wrong. Um, but... Uh, I don't know, something about Cavani. He's just class, isn't he? I think with him, it's just the fact that, you know, he was subbed early in, in Europe 
so a lot of people expected Cavani to start, and then obviously he didn't start. He did come out half time and he did score. Mm. But I, just... I mean, Greenwood's minutes are hardly, uh, you know, mm. perfect, are they really? True. I mean, True. In terms of nailed attackers, it's really Bruno and Rashford. I guess you could argue though with with um, Rashford and um, with Rashford and Greenwood that obviously the midfield spots look a lot more valuable at the moment, um, potentially anyway. Um, so, so Andy, I mean, you obviously mentioned mentioned Greenwood, for example. Um, would you look at bringing him in and just not having Bruno, for example, then? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, definitely. I think I think I've kind of made my bed with Bruno now, so um, I think I'm I'm just going to kind of stick with it. So, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I think I I can bring I can bring Greenwood in. Um, it mean I need to kind of downgrade either in defence or maybe like I say kind of downgrade on on Fardy if I, if I don't feel he's showing much um, on 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 Thursday. But um, no, it would definitely be kind of Greenwood on his own. I think um, I think I'm definitely in the Bruno camp for now for the rest of the season. Yeah, no good, good. Um, it's it's funny you mentioned with Vardy because we've got the same the same strike force, and I feel like if, even if Vardy keeps blanking, it's it's going to be so hard to sell him because like West Brom, Palace, Southampton, yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, it is with those fixtures, isn't yeah. it? He could just get a penalty. I mean, he was doing it early in the season. He was getting multiple penalties. Well, and I've got a bit of history of Vardy anyway because I I had him right at the start of the season, um, and then I I took him out just before the the, the City game. When he kind of opposite the grace, so same as me. <laughs> I, I, I just got this nasty feeling that if if I do kind of lose patience, I'm, I mean, obviously, and the the numbers don't look good, and and obviously he's not. What is he? He's kind of longest drought he's had since what is it 2016 or something like that. But anyway, so the numbers don't look good. But I just think I know as soon as I take him out, he will. Yeah. He will start to, he will, he'll bang in a brace. I think it's just the way they're playing at the moment, you know, because they're playing with him and Ian Acho up front. It's a bit different. Vardy's normal. Vardy likes to be through the middle on his own, the main man, you know, with with crosses from from wide and you know through balls through the middle. And I think it's just it's just not how he's used to be. He's used to being played and how he you know is used to playing for, for for Leicester essentially so I think it's a combination of Ian Acho's form and the lack of probably Harvey Barnes which has kind of uh, meant that they've had to adapt really but I think he'll do well over the next few um, I just feel like he's not worth his value because you're not going to captain him on you I mean right now you'd even captain in a, Ian Acho ahead of him let alone you know yeah the likes of Salah and Bruno and Kane and whatnot. You say that, but that Sheffield United game, he got three assists. I mean, he could have got three assists and three goals. And also, I mean, he's in the great and the good league. So, but he, um, Magnus Carlsen's been captain in Vardy, um, yeah. which has made me feel better about doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we move on now to our to our second headline. So that's our best and worst decision of the season. So I guess that's looking back a bit over things. Um, so if we start start with you, Andy, what would you say your your best decision you've made this season is? <laughs> I was hoping you're going to start my worst decisions because that's far easier to be honest. Um, based, on, <laughs> based on the season, um, no, I mean I think in terms of my uh, my best decision, probably a bit of recency bias, but it, it's just the fact that I managed to get uh, Lingard in at the start of his run. Really, um, I got him in game week 29, um, and I think that's that's been one of the few times this season where I felt I've actually kind of been. Being ahead of the curve, do you know what I mean, and actually kind of benefited from the from the points. Um, the rest of the time, I always feel like I've been 
you know, I've been kind of been chasing, um, chasing the next trend or the next wave, as it were. So uh, yeah, I think that was the the one time I uh, I, I got it right. So uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a follow list for the worst decisions. No problem. Yeah, well, I mean that's a pretty big decision to get right. I mean, because obviously he had that United game, didn't he, in 28 where he couldn't play, and then got 12, 12, 14, and seven. I mean, you would be ha- any player got that, you'd be happy. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and, that, and that's been one of the reasons I kind of picked up. Um, over the last few weeks, and, and and to be to be blunt, he's been one of the main reasons behind the the fact that I've managed to get some more green. So uh, yeah, no, he's kind of it's bizarre. He's he, he saved me really, and it's and it's funny because he was the one. I remember at the start of the season, I, I took the uh, took the Mickey a bit really about the fact that no one ever would consider Lingard for their uh, for their squads, but uh, the fact that we're now talking about him and he's he's pretty much seen as being essential and saving my season is a bit of kind of um, desserts, really, isn't it? We were talking about him after we finished the podcast last week with FPL General. We talked for about five minutes afterwards, and we remembered that um, it was actually Jesse Lingard who cost someone a massive bet with Paddy Power because he'd bet on um, Lingard to not get a goal or assist all season. And I think he got one on the you know game week 38 basically, and I think Paddy Power paid out anyway. So. I mean, he he did become a bit of a a joke for a for a little while, rightly rightly or wrongly. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, I mean, he's just on so I mean, his form at the moment and just the way he's, the, the swagger and he's carrying himself and and there's been lots of you know tweets out about him dancing. I'm not so worried about that bit. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he he clearly has that kind of that air of um, almost like authority across that 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 team at the moment. Um, and he's got his sights, like I say, firmly set on the. Um, uh, on the on the south on Southgate squad as well, so uh, yeah, no, um, he was a, he was definitely one I got right. Nice, nice. And um, what about yourself, Josh? What's the best decision you've made? Was it getting Coleman or Dallas definitely and Ireland double up? Definitely not. But that's not the worst decision, and I'll tell you why. I know, I I know what your worst one's going to be, but we'll um, wait for that. We'll wait for that. I know what it is. I'm no, I, I I did the same as Andy. I uh, I brought Lingard in game at twenty nine. It's been great. I wouldn't I wouldn't go for that. The reason why I kind of feel like you know he was still he, he was he was an option then, wasn't he? And, he, and uh, there was still a fair few people that sort of had him. It he wasn't a a huge differential or anything um yeah it's it's been a few people that have been great to sort of jump on jump on early you know like Gundogan was another one that was good uh for his run um but yeah I'd probably say um it's it's probably bringing in uh Diaz and Cancelo early um before they were really template um, game week 15, I did um, Chilwell and James to Diaz and Cancelo. Yeah, um, and I held on to them. <laughs> yeah, I did one on one on Christmas Eve and yeah. one on Christmas Day, and they were both for free and both part of the same game week transfers. And at that time, I was like, Oof, you know, this is a massive, a massive risk. And I, you know, it was Cancelo was by no means nailed then, um, and yeah, it just, it just pretty much worked every week and for that was, a while until that, they became template. That was when Lampard as well, James and Chilwell were injured, but he didn't give a clear update. Yeah, he was I know, like, and I they, was livid yeah. when I saw them both in the team. And then they, I think it was against Arsenal, I think we lost 2-0, yeah. or we, we definitely conceded anyway. And then, um, and then yeah, uh, City kept a clean sheet that week and the, the run started and I had... Both of them and KDB, and then KDB became Gundogan when he got injured, and it was just yeah, it was just the the, the double up and then the, and the triple up essentially on City and getting on them before their real real run. So that'd be my probably 
you know, when when um, when when things really started to to turn around and my season started to become, you know, uh, a lot better. Yeah, and I remember that clearly actually because I think we were quite close around that time, as in rank rank wise. Um, and I kept Chilwell, James, and Zuma, and you sold them. And then, then I think we just went our separate ways. Now there's like seven hundred thousand places separating us. So yeah, no, I like that one. My one, I mean, it's the team. Ironically, it's the team I started with. Now I did wild card out of it way too early, but I was glad I started with Kane and Vardy, even though I didn't have Salah um, for, for his, you know hat-trick including two penalties you know starting with Kane and Vardy I think that was the right choice I mean obviously I ended the season I had Kane mostly in the last season um so particularly Kane even though I did remove him for two game weeks I got him straight back so I mean I think that was you know that was pretty big for me despite the bad season so it's been hard to find good good things I've done um but yeah starting with Kane and Vardy you know definitely helped me in not in not having Salah at least. But now we move on to a far easier one, a far more fun one. <laughs> Our worst decisions of the season. Um, so if we start with you, Andy, what what was yours? <laughs> well, yeah, like I say, I mean, I I, I, had a, I had a really bad first half of the season. Just and a lot of it was down to the fact that I was trying to kind of you know force transfers or force kind of green arrows some of the time, but. Um, I think it's, and obviously we spoke about the Vardy thing that I missed, but um, Son, I think I should have, he was just, he was was really kind of a good value pick at the start of of the season. Um, And basically I kind of managed at the start of the season to kind of miss every single brace that he had. So um, I kind of missed the the initial one because I went with Ali, unbelievably, in my starting uh, squad. So I missed the, the kind of game week to kind of brace the had against um against kind of Southampton, I think it was. And then um then I moved him out again, bizarrely. I still don't understand why I did it. I had to look back and actually remember that I did it, but I actually managed to move him out again in, in game week four. So then I missed his, his next brace against United. And then I brought him back in again and then I moved him out again and in game week nine I missed him against against City. So basically <laughs> it was just it was just, it, looking back it's just and we'll talk about some of the lessons that I've learned. Well, meant to have learned from the uh, from the great and good articles, but actually just kind of sticking sticking with a player um, and having that 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 kind of faith, especially the ones that are such good value as as, as he was. Um, I think that was um, one of my uh, one of my biggest mistakes. And then the second one I would say was the um, the timing around the uh, the, the bench boost. Um, and again, I think I got myself into a um, such a kind of rigid plan about uh, the fact that I was going to use um, game week um, game week 19 for when I was going to bench boost, and that was because I had all these you know, leads, etc. And then there was a whole Shrewsbury thing, and obviously the rearrangement of the, yeah. the, the fixture. And rather than just say, "Hang on a minute, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a week," um, just just meant I just an utterly terrible kind of bench boost. I think I got about eight points. And if I just waited one more week, I would have got something like 31 points off that. So it's just, it, it, do you know what I mean? It's just, I think that just kind of, again, trying to think about the lessons I've learned from the season, it's kind of like, okay, you might have a plan, but because of the fact that this has been a strange old campaign where we've had to kind of cope with, with strange circumstances, just not just not kind of flexing those plans or being adaptable has kind of really cost me some points there. 
I feel your pain with that bench boost one. I, I think, like you said, it was game week 19. But yeah. And I, I did very similar to you. I, I completely forced it. I had three Leeds players and I ended up doing a minus 12. And I think nine of my play, nine of my 30 players were benched. Um, so <laughs> so it, it, could, it could have been worse. But yeah, no, that's that's actually a learning that I've got from this season as well. But Josh, what about you? What's your, what's your worst decision? It's been a few, just like the good decisions. Um, I'd say personally, what, what was what was yours in, that, that you had in mind for me, just out of interest? Oh, I thought Since you were... You thought you'd, you'd, you'd guessed it. I forgot that. I think one of them might be Nyland. Nyland? Oh, you mean Jed Steer? Oh, I thought, was it Steer? I thought it was Nyland. Yeah, it was you you no, had a filler no. player and it blocked you having a triple getting up. Getting Watkins and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, it's not like, yeah, I mean, none of them are season defining. But do you know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> hey, oh no. I just, about it enough. I know. It was just annoying, wasn't it? Just being, um, yeah, having having Steer there who I was never willing to use a transfer on. I remember um, you talking to Mark Southerns for about 20 minutes about it. Like, how, <laughs> what a mistake it was. <laughs> I think he was on, I think he had the same issue. That was yeah, why. Yeah, he did, he did. <laughs> um, just making me feel better about it, like Magnus Carlsen does about you owning Vardy, eh? Um, <laughs> anyway, um what I was, what mine would be is that I wildcard in game week two, which was fine. You know, really happy with some of the people that I brought in. Martinez was the head of people there, and Dallas and Calvert Lewin for his run. So that was great. The problem and the worst decision I made this season um, was that wildcard in game week two, and then there was a lot of people wildcard in game week three, um, and the, you know the. the a sort of template was starting to emerge for, for 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 game week three, and I wouldn't say you know it wasn't the template there, but it was a little bit like game week thirty one, a sort of a wild card template that could become the new template. And I had a great game week one and a great game week two, and I took a minus eight to get to you know the the, the wild card template for everyone that was playing their their uh, their wild cards game week three. Which was the wild card I was doing roughly. Yeah, and that essentially meant triple uh, City, triple Wolves. Yeah. And, you know, I just I just was being way too aggressive with it. And, you know, when 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 people wildcard, um, as as you know, is clear to see now, you know, the, whatever their wild card, not like not everyone's wild card is successful. Not every new wild card template uh, is 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 a good one. Um, and you know, it, you need to give it a few weeks to to see sort of how it pans out. Um, and a particularly a team like Wolves, who yeah, they've been great since they've been in the Premier League. And you know, in terms of some of the the assets that we've got from them in, in, in FPL. But at the same time, they're not a top six team and, and they likely never will be. Um, so, and you know, oh, they might be seen. Yeah. City <laughs> are great, but we know, you know, under, under Pep, you know, they've been, they've, they've had their times when they've been fantastic and they've been, they've had their times when they've been, you know, uh, not so fantastic. So, yeah, I think it was just being a bit, too aggressive um, and a bit trigger happy on it on it there yeah. I should have probably just made the one plan transfer I had um, and, and 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 move forward with that and not essentially trying to follow the new wildcard template that was emerging 
Yeah, I mean, that was quite an unlucky week. I said because I wildcarded game week three, and that was when West Ham beat him 4 0, and Jimenez scored an own goal as well. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, your players that Saiz got none, Jimenez got none, Podence got none. Just looking at my team from that game week. So, yeah, um, and I think it was also that the Leeds, uh, I think the City were playing Leeds that week, game week three, and it just looked great for like, oh, you know, Liverpool just put four past them, I'm going to have an attacking triple up. You know, City looked incredible against Wolves in game week two, and it was one all. And um, and it was, yeah, I, I can't remember who scored. I think it might have been Sterling. Um, but yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't. He was my captain. Uh, that... Anyway, it was it wasn't great. And um, oh, sorry, Leeds. That was game week four. Yeah, that was Sterling. Apologies. Yeah, it, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a bad. But it wasn't just that week. It wasn't just the taking the minus eight. It wasn't bad about having a bad game week that week. It was it was then having triple City and triple Wolves in my team when they were two teams that were in bad form. And it took me until. I'd say game week 10 was when my season turned around, um, but it was pretty rough from game yeah. week three to game week nine. Yeah, you guys have actually made me think of other things for my worst decision because I'm, I'm now looking at my game week three wildcard. I had triple City attack, Sterling, De Bruyne, Foden, a triple Wolves and a triple Chelsea as well on yeah. a wildcard. Reese James, Havertz and Werner. Like, so, yeah, nine of my players played for the same team. I know, and that, and that, yeah. and that of all of this season of all seasons with like the likes of coronavirus tripling up on three teams is, um, I mean, you know, it is quite dangerous to do, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah you've actually really, tri- but because both of the ones you've mentioned is worse decisions, and obviously my rank's like 800k, so I've probably made all the bad decisions. Um, so I had written down being stubborn on Salah and Bruno. It probably goes much further, like more deep than that, and maybe a lot of triple ups. Maybe I've not been a reactive enough to players like like Lingard, like you mentioned last week, Josh. Um, honestly, for me to do my worst, I would be listing everything. So, I, I do you know what you did do though? Well, uh, you've got on Yotta both times before he's uh, he's banged. Yeah, both I, times round. yeah, it's a weird one that you did it the I, first time round before anyone else had him. And then the second time round, before anyone else, you you got him before we became a bandwagon both times. So, um, you know, I, I almost I can turn that a negative into that as well. I think if I get on a player early, obviously I'm going to keep them. But te- it tends to be if a player starts scoring, then I start ignoring them. Yeah, if, if that oh, makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm happy getting we're all on a player prone to a bit of that, though, aren't yeah. we? I think it's. You know, we're all, you know, we've all got a bit of fickleness and a bit of stubbornness in, in us. And I think, you know, the best way to 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 decipher whether you want to jump on a bandwagon or not is, is stats. You know, we've all, you know, majority of us in the FPL, you know, world who are who are who are take it seriously have got access to to you know stats and that's how I look into it and I look at you know players like Ian Acho at the moment or Lingard or and I go right you know what what for me decides whether I'm going to jump on the back of them as a bandwagon is purely, you know, their stats and how sustainable they are and their fixtures. And it's something that we went to a little bit into last week with VFL general about Lingard. And for me, yeah, that's what it'll always be because in the, the day, if those boxes aren't ticked then the form and uh, points won't continue. 
Yeah, no, brilliant. No, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that headline a lot. So I, I think there's a lot of questions we want to get through. Um, there's some really, really good ones. So I think we'll go for the Iceman's Piss Break, um, which, of course, is sponsored by FPL Merch. Then we'll come back and we'll go straight into all these questions. A lot of them are for you, Andy. All right, mate. Oh, hey. Having a good night? Uh, yeah, fine, thank you. I'm just watching the game. Oh, yeah, me too, me too. Do you like mugs? Um, what, like receptacles? Ah, yeah, like coffee mugs. Yeah, mugs. Do you like them? Uh, I suppose. Well, mate, if you play FPL, there's this guy right on Twitter called FPL Merch who makes mugs exclusively for those belter managers who finish in the top 100,000, right? I'm talking 10k... 50k 100k and i'm drinking out of one right now that i've got from last season because i did so well and i don't drink out of anything else are you interested my friend um no i'm all right thanks mate but if you get a top 100k finish then why not celebrate with an fpl merch top 100k mug mate no offense but you've been the weird guy in the pub toilet only 10 pounds are a brilliant mug to mark your brilliant season seriously don't worry about it. Thank you, but I've got to get back to the second half. Ah, <sighs> he'll be back. He'll be back. Welcome back, listeners. So we go straight into our questions. Now, our first question is on Slack from Emma. So thank you, Emma. She's simply asking, should we be wildcarding in 33 or 34? So those managers that have been very, very patient still have their wildcard. Um, what do you think, Andy? If you, if you had your wildcard still... Do you know which which game you'll be targeting? Would it be the blank 33 or 34? Well, I mean, first of all, that's amazing that they've still got their wildcard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like serious levels of, of patience to, to, to keep it for for that period of time. Um, I think I'd probably save it till um, till game week 34. Um, but I think a lot, a lot of that depends on, you know, how much information we get in terms of the... Um, the, the potential doubles that are, are coming up um, in, um, in in 35 and, you know, the games that are going to reschedule for that point and also what's going to happen on the blank. So I think just saving extra week just gives you a bit more bit more information, a bit of chance to kind of prepare for it more than anything else. But, um, yeah, so I think, I think I'd probably I'd probably save it just on the basis to be a bit more information. Nice, nice. And what, what do you think, Josh? Uh, I'm just looking at Emma's team, actually. Um, she's only got... Three missing uh, game week 33. She's got Diaz, Regulon, and Kane. Uh, her squad's really strong. Um, almost looks like she's played her wild card anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think it's purely down to how many you're missing for 33. If you're missing, you know, uh, a few players and you're not able to field 11, you're just using your free transfers, then, yeah, hit the button. But otherwise, keep pushing it as far as you can, definitely. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm very jealous of that as well, having the wild card still. Um, so we've got some questions now. They're all, all for you, Andy. So the first one's from Abdul. So FPL Salah, what has been your biggest takeaway from monitoring all the top managers from great and the good over the years? P.S. I'll be disappointed if you don't sound like Gandalf. Um, we've got one, <laughs> one, from, one from Fantasy Football Scout Joe. 
Serious question. What lessons on playing FPL has, has Greyhead, so Andy, learnt from compiling the great and the good league? Top tips from analysing the moves of the likes of Villa Ronca, Magnus Carlsen, etc. And Marks also asked a similar question. How tough is it to write the great and the good every game week? And how much time does it take? What is the best thing Greyhead has learnt from following the most elite FPL managers in this game all this time? What is the number one piece of advice you can give us? So, Andy, I'll, I'll hand this over to you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think I've just, well, I think I've, I've learned a lot, I guess, from, from actually doing, um, from actually kind of doing the articles. Um, and um, I think just, just kind of almost having that kind of discipline doing them, kind of doing them every week, it just kind of makes you kind of think through your own team and also kind of look at how the, um, um, some of the more kind of prominent people are kind of um, setting up their own squads, etc. cetera. Um, and, and basically, I mean, as I said at the start, I mean, one of the reasons... I wanted to, to to do them was that um, it was about like I say it was about three three and a half uh, years ago I started doing them and it was um, I I just wanted to know and understand how every week when um, I thought I had a reasonably good team I was still getting outscored by all these names if you, if you like on them uh, names that were kind of appearing on the um, on the scout cast and other places as well so I really kind of wanted to track and kind of understand those so. Um, so I think I think for me though, there's, there's a kind of a couple of key things that I've, I've picked up over over the time, um, and I think they break down into kind of I guess there's three main areas. One is just the the importance of kind of timing, if you like, and the really good the really good managers are really um, really smart in terms of um, knowing knowing when to make their move, and that applies to when to play their, you know, when to play their chips when it comes to um, taking hits, or or even when to be kind of differential on their on their captain picks as well. So, I mean, when I when I look back, I mean, I think there was there was almost a case of okay, well, this we look at um, uh, Vili Ronka for example. You, it was almost like the case of oh, he's very cautious, he, he never takes any hits, etc. But and actually. If you if you look at what he did um, kind of last season, he did take hits, but he just it was more a case of he timed them at the right at the right um, at the right place at the season, so they'd have maximum impact, if you like. Um, and similarly, when it comes to um, some of the captain decisions have been a bit different on a captain decision, so it's it's not just a case of being different just for the sake of it or taking a punt just for the case of it. It's, it's knowing when to do it and which week to kind of make those those shifts as well. Um, and then and then like I say on, on when it comes to chips and, and wild cards, it's knowing being being smart about when to time that with the with the fixture swings and knowing when to kind of as we've t- spoken about kind of double down or triple down on, on certain teams as well. So 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 for me, I think timing is definitely kind of one of the one of the bigger things. Um, I think the second one is is that kind of consistency point. Um, I, I think I pro- I probably like many others. You, you get kind of you have bad game weeks and you get kind of frustrated and um, etc. But I think it's it's just having that consistency of decision making over the full season and recognizing that it, it is a long season. Um, and actually, if you if you kind of go throughout the entire season, you apply that 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 kind of um, that level of consistency. Um, 
you will eventually kind of reap your benefits and so it's not getting it's not getting frustrated and not um taking uh, taking needless hits um just when you hit a kind of bad run so eventually it'll kind of even itself out and you'll get a you'll you you will kind of see those see those greens as well um and it's also just kind of really accepting that you're not going to get every decision right but i think as long as you are kind of consistent in terms of your approach and, and look at you will get one or two kind of big decisions absolutely right um and those big decisions can affect your can affect your whole season so um someone like as for example last season he was having a pretty terrible season until about midway through and then he he brought in he, he didn't do anything different but he brought in kind of Danny Ings and Danny Ings kind of transformed his season so it's just I guess it's just that kind of consistency and kind of accepting the fact that um, even you're not always going to get the right outcome, but kind of, yeah, like that old cliche of kind of trusting the process and you'll, you'll get your kind of right awards at the, at the end. Um, And then I think that the the final piece is just, is just being, being open to kind of explore kind of different ideas and different ways of, of doing things. I'm a, I'm a really, I'm a really kind of cautious manager normally so it's actually been really good to kind of um, follow someone like kind of late riser who kind of makes bigger bets as it, as it were on players. Um, so, and even by doing that, it just kind of, it stretches your thought process. Um, and I think it just kind of, it's something around making sure that you, you kind of, you always have to learn this, learning this, um, learning FBL, there's always going to be different challenges. So I think you're just going to need to be, just by kind of being open to different ideas and different styles and different ways of doing things that kind of just naturally kind of helps you improve as well. I want to know, does Magnus Carlsen know that he's in the, in, that he's, uh, <laughs> in the league and written about every week? No, I, I, don't, I, I don't think he does. Um, I think to be fair, mo- most of the other them, apart from, yeah, apart from um, uh, Vili Ronka and, um, and, and Magnus have kind of, uh, I've been in touch or kind of like um, oh, okay. Because it's not actually a physical it's league, is it? It's 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 is in. It's not an FPL league on the site. It's just one that you keep yourself, right? No, exactly, and it, that that's why when it, it makes me laugh when people talk about kind of relegation from it and so forth, because it's not necessarily kind of a strict league and so forth. It's it's more around these are kind of group of managers. I want to kind of like understand a bit more about how they play. Yeah. Of, of interest if you like it's great I mean we've got you know um, FPL General's Elite 64 League is obviously big now you know this this one's getting uh, some some airtime which is great it's just it's nice to have some leagues like that that are kind of you know that people discuss and talk about and, and I wanted to know who Villaronka is but we're not going to find that out are we <laughs> don't think you ever will mate he's like he's like the Stig from Top Gear mate it's, it's just sort of no one no one knows who he, could, who he is or uh, you know anything about him yeah I got really excited at one point because there was there was someone who claimed uh, that they uh, that, that they were in the same um, mini league as him as well so um, and, I, and I tried to kind of pursue it and kind of catch up with him but he, he was having none of it so I still to this day don't know if it's a rude so it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit like trying to find the kinds of Jose of um, of FBL, isn't it? I say <laughs> if you're uh, if you're listening, Villaronka, get in touch. There's still time for you to come on the pod before the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's it was Finland. He claims to be from. Yeah, is that right? Who yeah. knows, mate? I mean, he probably is from Finland, but yeah. who knows? He's a damn good FPL player, though. Let's just say that. 
Yeah. Oh, he is. He is. Yeah, His record quite... is up there with the best of them. Yeah, no, it definitely is. No, that's that was awesome. Great insight into into the league. Um, we've got a question from Michael Lund. Uh, so Michael's asking, which defenders would you aim for for the remainder of the season if you want to go for clean sheets? So I'm guessing by saying clean sheets, you know, maybe looking at not necessarily attacking defenders. Um, so Josh, if we come to you first on that one, uh, are there any particular teams you think are going to keep a lot of clean sheets? I think it's really difficult at the moment. Um, obviously, City are rotating a lot um, and you don't know at what point they're going to win the league and, and then, you know, you know, put out the kids. Um, Chelsea have gone off a little bit in terms of in terms of keeping clean sheets. Uh, they've conceded, obviously, in their the last, fix, last their couple of The fixtures aren't league. great either. Exactly. And then you think, how confident you're in Liverpool. Well, then you look at... You know, that, that Phillips is bench tonight. I just found out. Oh, really? <laughs> it's it, yeah. it's a tough one. So I yeah, there's. I mean, at the moment, Wolves have kept two in two, and the next three are Burnley, West Brom, and Brighton. But you know, I don't know. I I don't really think there's any standout defenses that are uh, keeping clean sheets at the moment. If I'm honest with you, I'd turn it the other way around and go. You know, who are the best value picks in terms of from an attacking perspective, you know, and, and look at it that way, really. Yeah. Do you know, it's interesting because I was looking um, and, and I know Michael's asking for, for Leeds defense. Uh, so not for Leeds defenders. <laughs> Michael's asking for clean sheets. But definitely Leeds don't about, go for Leeds defenders. Well, I don't know. No, I, I'm I, joking. I'm joking. You know, no, I, saw, I don't know if it's to do with the home pitch, but since the start of the season, I saw this on Twitter. It was so, so shared by someone called David Brown. And since, yeah, so 2021, they've only conceded five goals at home. Now, that could be due to the poor pitch. Yeah. But, yeah, well, Leeds are looking... you don't know. It might be a fixture thing, but, I mean, be, you know... Most of their games are away. But they've Dallas, got a nice run at the end of the season. Dallas has been... was amazing for me. I, I got him on... I got rid of him on my wild card um, because of the fixtures. But, he, you know, he, he's been incredible. He's a top-scoring defender still. Um, and, and he could be, by the end of the season... Um, but yeah, I think you know um, if you're targeting if you're targeting clean sheets purely, I, I would always look at the top six. Um, and I sorry when I say top don't, six, don't I mean the that, big yeah. six. You know, yeah. let's yeah. not get into that. No, let's not get not, into super league discussion. Let's move on to Andy's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I, I think similar. I mean it's. Yeah, I mean, I think Chelsea and City are the are the ones, but I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in terms of rotation on those. Um, and then I think purely from a fixture perspective, yeah, I agree with Wolves. I think Leicester. I mean, again, their their fixture run is it's so just who good. you go for out of Leicester, really, yeah, isn't it? And don't keep clean sheets. Mm. Well, was only was he five five million? So it's, yeah, he's a bit. If he was four point five, it'd be a no brainer. But I think he's He's someone you could have that someone you could have a look at. Um, so I think it's it's those and then and then maybe kind of some United players as well. I mean, but I mean, I think you but I think Shaw is someone I'm looking to bring in, and I'm regretting not bringing him in on my um, on my wild card to be honest, because I think not only does is it the clean sheet piece, but obviously um, the, the huge attacking potential that he brings as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's a tricky one. It's just on, on clean sheets because, A, of all the rotation, and I think the rest of them where they have the fixtures, unless they've been the most reliable. Yeah, West Ham would have been perfect if they hadn't been absolutely ravaged by injuries. When you look, 
you know, past the blank game weeks of 33. They're, they're third on a fixtures ticker, you know, Burnley, Everton, Brighton, West Brom and Southampton. So, I mean, they could have been one, but maybe a lot of people are just going to go for a Liverpool player. You know, someone like Shaw could sling in a Leeds player. But yeah, it's it's not easy at the moment. There's no guarantee clean sheets. We haven't got a Liverpool City rotating. It's And it also seems to be because the midfield and strikers are so template, getting your defenders right is so important. Yeah, that's like, why I went a bit bigger as well. Yeah. So that was where you could have your differentials. You know, there was the, 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 the template was very much there in terms of the midfield and, and, and forward. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a little bit more money into my defence, go with three premiers rather than four. But like you were saying about clean sheets, you know, this week we've had five games already and there's only one clean sheet, you know. So it's there's constant shifts. I don't, there's there's I, I clean don't know sheets what... and, and then the rotation as well. So you, yeah. someone could have a clean sheet, and the, but their players don't play. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know. And there's there's still teams left in Europe and stuff. So not to mention the um, Carabao and FA Cup. So, it's yeah, there's lots to consider. I, I just go for the attacking ones and have some fun. It's a question I'd like to be able to answer, like, clearly, because I, I have actually looked at my team over the season compared to others. And one of the big differences has been other teams have got their defenders right. They've had, you know, the Dallases, the Cresswells, um, John Stones, whereas I've had players like Lamptey, Reese James. And this can make 20 points difference in a game week. And um, when you start adding those up, you know, you could be, that's how you get these gaps of like a hundred, 200 points between yourself and someone else. Um, but we move on to a question from FPL Nordic. Kane injury going to be a problem game week 32. Actually, Nordic's got two questions. So the first one is whether the Kane injury is going to be a problem game week 34. I, I guess we don't know. Um, we haven't got Alan this week. So we're, we'll ask your second question though, Nordic. Best keeper game week 33 onwards so he's asking for a leno replacement so andy i mean we've just covered defenders but what do you think about goalkeepers uh i think if you're looking for a leno replacement um i think i would probably look at yeah it would have to be patrizio uh, he would be the one um that i would uh, would go for um just for their for their for their kind of good run as it were um and he's around in that kind of that, that price bracket plus going back to the point of well, I can't really see him being kind of rotated out, as it were. So um, I think he would be the, the the one that I would pick um, within that group. I mean, but similarly, like the similar to the conversation we had about the um, the clean sheets, the other one that you could have a look at would be um, would be Smichael. Um, at least um, at least he kind of seems relatively uh, nailed in the in the in between the sticks. So uh, yeah, I think he'd be one of those two. I like the Schmeichel shout. I don't particularly like Patricio just because he doesn't seem to make many saves, but I, I yeah. do like the Schmeichel one. But I think for me, it would have to be Martinez. He just, he's got that extra fixture. The fixtures are about to turn a little bit nicer and he seems to be, you know, he just seems to rack up the saves. But obviously he's quite expensive now. What do you reckon, Josh? I'll probably agree with you there, Rich. Yeah, just purely because he's got the extra fixture. If you look at all the teams' fixtures from now until the end of the season, aside from probably Liverpool... They've either got poor fixtures at the moment and then good fixtures or, or vice versa. So there's not really anyone that, that you catch a good run. I don't think you're going to go for Allison. Um, so, yeah. You can't go for agree. Pickford because he gets no. rotated occasionally. I agree with you. I probably would go for Martinez. Yeah, it's just... Um, I just on the wild card was like, I cannot go for Martinez. It's just, it's just foolish not to attack the fixtures and go for someone that's got a little bit more of an upside. Um, and now I've got Mendy who sounds like he might not start against Brighton and Forster, who's 
probably hanging by a thread as well. I never thought I'd be on a podcast where I've got no Chelsea defenders and everyone else has got loads, but <laughs> they're a, they're a nightmare. Even the even the goalkeepers. But we've got a couple of questions now. These are a bit more along the Super League lines, but we'll we'll ask them anyway. So Ben Garside asks, are you going to carry on supporting your team if they go into the Super League? Um, now, Andy, we haven't even asked who you support. Oh, I'm, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm a Tottenham fan. Okay. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm putting up with lots of grief about the fact that how can um, how can Spurs be one of the uh, one of the top six when they haven't won anything for, for so long? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I mean, uh, so again, it would. I mean, there's been so much being kind of written about it, um, um, and obviously tweeted about it over the last um, over the last 24 hours or so, and. Um, now, I mean, it is it is a really kind of sad state of affairs, um, particularly after um, having particularly having everything has happened in terms of with kind of COVID and the fact that um, I think this this is a, this was a chance really kind of as fans are starting to come back to kind of like unify um, mm. unify football and, and here we are kind of like where we're kind of seeing um, almost like. Um, Almost like the rich kids kind of swap squabbling <laughs> over over last funds when there's, there's some clubs that are that, that are going out of business. So it does leave a very bad bad taste in my mouth. Um, I think I'm I'm kind of on the I'm on the hold at the moment in terms of whether or not I'm going to stop supporting them. But um, um, it's um, yeah no it's uh, it's not a good state of affairs. No, and it's it's quite a big decision to make in in less than 24 hours. Um, right, <laughs> what, what, right, what are you going right. to do there? Right. But yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, I keep, I mean, not switching, but, you know, I'm ang- really angry one moment, then I'm quite, quite relaxed about it. It's it's just, it's just surreal. It's just, you know, when you just can't believe something may or may not happen. And you just, like, I was sat there about midnight last night, just in shock, like, not mm. actually thinking this could happen. But, quite jealous of you, Rich, supporting Reading. Yeah, just, but even then it's not good. Well, six would get promoted from the championship. And I know it's not about this, but we're we're seventh at the moment. So we wouldn't even get promoted. And when they reduced the Premier League to 20 teams, we finished second and didn't get promoted. But then do you want to be promoted into a league that may or may not have the, you know, the big names? It's, it's yeah, it's just weird. Um, what do you think about it, Josh? In terms of supporting my team, uh, a bit like Andy, I think it's a bit early to say you need to see the full picture. No one likes change, do they? Um, I, I can't remember back that far when I was probably too young, but it would have been very interesting to see what the reaction was when the Premier League was uh, launched or the Premiership. Uh, in, I think it was the 92-93 season and to see what everyone made of the move from Division 1 to the Premier League Premiership. Um, because even though it's a massively different thing, I'm sure there was uproar then. Uh, so, yeah, that's... that's, there was, that's there, I guess there was less less fans back then. Uh, there was no social media. No, and equally, you know, it is less of a change. It was more of a branding exercise, really, wasn't it? It wasn't a closed competition, um, yeah. Yeah, but um, for me, with regards to Chelsea, yeah, I just, as as Andy said, I just sort of see how things um, evolve. Um, But I I do like a bit of local uh, non-league football, so I quite often uh, go and go and watch Woking, who are my local, the best team, sort of local to me. So I'll, um, you know, always always open to a bit of bit of standing on the terraces and doing that sort of side of things, and. 
you know, it will also be interesting side to this to see how it impacts FPL as well, which I'm sure uh, is going to be important to all of us. No, oh, of course. And I mean, we've been waiting three years for an international football tournament as well. So that that's one of my concerns with it as well. But we've got another question. Faddy Emil has asked, will Kane join PSG if he wants to play for England? Um I mean, it's a hard question for us to answer, but do, do you want to try, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that one. <laughs> That's all right. You... <laughs> no, 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 no low balls then. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, well, and obviously this has come on a day that um, Jose's kind of been sacked as well, even though they've, they've tried to spin that so it was connected with the, um, with the Super League, which has obviously been kind of proved to be complete nonsense as well. So um I, I, don't, I don't know i mean i don't think it kind of impacts his his chances to, to play for england to be honest um wherever he is um obviously um i really hope he um really hope he stays um i really hope it's kind of um with uh with jose gone and, and hopefully it'll kind of we'll get a bit of a bounce if you like um from the from the squad it's it's strange timing with the um with the cup final only only at the weekend as well but um but now I, I don't think he need, i don't think he needs to move to, to play for england no no hopefully not hopefully not um what do you what do you reckon josh i think obviously what faddy's referring to is is you know because if you to play for england he, he can't be part of the super league team obviously um i think with regards to kane i think he will move this summer um, and I think my money would be on him going to United. If Harlan goes to City, I think that he will go to United. If City don't get Harlan, then I think he'll go to City. I think he's at the end of, you know, the time he thinks right. You know, getting, you know, getting to the sort of peak stroke, you know, ending of his career, and he, he wants to win trophies so I think um, now is a perfect time for him to move really but I do think he'll stay in the Premier League because I think he'll want to break Shearer's record I'm sorry about Josh Andy though <laughs> having I'm a just bad day and he's like I'll I'm I'm some silence I've just yeah, picked me up from a chair to be honest but uh, <laughs> I, re- I really hope his days well. I, I, I believe oh, of but I think you you would also would you not also I mean it'd be horrible to see him go to another Premier League club surely you'd much rather he went to Barca or Real Madrid. But well, I was going to say yeah I mean the fact that you said United as well was just like an extra dagger to the heart. <laughs> but it, I just feel like the service that he's done for Spurs you almost would would wish him on his way and go look you know go and win some trophies and uh, I don't know maybe not maybe you don't feel that way. No I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, he's the best player in the Premier League, so exactly. that, that's all we yeah. need to say on that for, for now anyway. That's all we definitely know. Um, so we got some feedback from the legend that is Jay Eckersdorf. He said, great listen, this lads can resonate with a lot with what Mark talks about, given all the factors this season has been especially hard mentally for everyone. So, yeah, I mean, Josh, I, I really enjoyed that that pod last week. I think it made me feel a bit better about the rest of this season. I was feeling better about next season. But we'll move on to our partner chat. So Mikhail Tokram's algorithm. Now, if you'd like to sign up and see Mikhail Tokram's algorithm, he updates it for every game week. Just go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We're, of course, partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign up offer code. So if you use the surgery surgery 15 code at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 15% off. That code is capital letters surgery 15. 
The website is fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and we're also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles 1 on Twitter. He does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. So we're not even halfway through the game week, but we're still going to do Traptons, so our transfers and captains. So Andy, have you had any time to think about you know what transfers you might do and who you might captain? Well, I think definitely going to captain Salah. I think that was always the plan. So um, that, that's one decision that I have have made. Um, in terms of transfers, I think it's, I want to see kind of how it plays out um, for the rest of the week. I think um, Alonso is the, is the one that I am looking to, uh, looking to move on just because he's a, uh, because of reliability of, of starts, but um, even that's not kind of set in stone. But um, I, as I said earlier on, I, I did, I do feel I made a misstep in terms of not bringing Shoring on the wild card. So um, he might be one to come in. But nothing, nothing settled yet because I believe we'll kind of get more news about the um, the, uh, the the potential double um, before the deadline. So I think a lot depends on that in terms of what I do. Yeah, that's a, that's a key thing, really. We're recording quite early in the week, and so much can change this week. It feels like we say it every week, but especially this game week. Um, what about yourself, Josh? Have you got any got your eyes on anything? The son to Bruno move was the plan. Um, I need to make one transfer. I've got one transfer. I need to make one transfer. Or else I have to pay Brewster. And, you know, wow, there we go. I love I love him being part of my squad, but that's as far as it goes. Um, so, I remember yeah. he got two points for me once. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, brilliant day, yeah. I reckon he'll score before the end of the season. I'm going to hang my that, hat We there. said that in game week 10. I know, I do though. I think he will score because I think he'll get more chances now that they're uh, relegated. Um, yeah, so I need to really sell one of the boys that's blanking. So either Cancelo, Son, or Kane. Obviously, if Kane's injured and it's looking like it's going to be a, a bit of a lengthy one, which I, I doubt uh, he could go. Um, but otherwise, yeah, obviously Cancelo or Son. I'll see what happens. Son to, to Son to Bruno was the plan. Um, so yeah, just see where I'm at on uh, on Friday. What uh, captain wise would be the Bruno. Uh, himself or uh, or Salah. So me and Josh, we got the same three players on the bench or three blankers on the bench. So Kane, Son and Cancelo. The move I was considering before the game week was Son to Madison, so that I'd have I'd have Madison, Vardy and Iheanacho. So I think that'd be a really good way of attacking this now with their good fixtures and just you know put it all on all on the Leicester boys because my team's looking quite template at the moment, but with players like Aubameyang. You know, being well, having malaria, it's it's very hard to find these you know high upside players that no one owns. So maybe I'm going to have to. I know we said some bad things about triple ups earlier, but that's a possibility. Rolling's a possibility as well. Um, although I'm not over the moon about having Eiling on the bench. Um, sorry, having Eiling in my starting lineup, but we we will see. Captain, I have it on Salah at the moment, but I think if I go for Madison, I'm going to captain one of the Leicester guys and just hope. You know, we get a destruction of Palace. Wow. Like, like Triple up and you know. captain. Well, I think it's the only way at my rank. I've got it's the Monday to... night football as well, so you'll be uh, you'll be loving that after the whole game week. Are we uh, recording that night? I think pass. we're recording on the Tuesday, but yeah, um, I, I think I'm just gonna have to go for something like that. Like I can't go for a crazy differential, but I could go for triple triple Leicester attack, captain one. Be a difficult one. Which one's a captain though, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would actually. <laughs> it would be a tough call. Madison, Ianacho, or Vardy. I think you'd have to go Vardy, wouldn't you? Just because of the pens. 
But then he's been the one that's not been great over. I know Madison's mm. been injured, but before Madison was injured, he was returning heavily. I mean, this seems like a way off still because, like we said, we've got so much football to it's go. It's interesting though, you know, nice yeah. to do something different, especially in a game week where. Um, you know, it's a blank, so it's it's a game week to capitalise on a bit more. Imagine Leicester do well and I captain the wrong one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that would sum it all up. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking anyway. It's but like you say, it's very early in the week. Um, so we've all got a differential pick as well for this game week. So Andy, who have you gone for? Well, I've gone for Pulisic, um, just because um, obviously they've got they've got West Ham and uh, West Ham are leaking goals. Obviously, about Declan Rice at the moment. And I just think um, he looks like um, he's in form. I think he's got um, a couple of goals in the last couple of Premier League games as well. Um, I think he's 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 kind of built his uh, built his fitness back up as well. So um, yeah, no, I am um, I can see him just um, just kind of hitting form, and I think that that uh, that will suit him against West Ham as well. It's one of those players I really thought they'd underpriced him. I mean, actually, they tweeted out the price and then changed it, didn't they? They increased yeah. it. Think to 8.5 and he's just not until recently he's just not really done anything well he was he was i mean towards him last season he looked quite good as well so i mean he's, yeah. he's, he's he's a class act um i think he's just just not been able to get a decent run together and i think so much of his game in terms of the way he plays is, is down to his fitness as well so he, he takes a while to get going again but i think um yeah i think he could be a, he could be a good one yeah no very exciting player um and what about yourself josh I've gone for Havertz, a uh, similar reason. He just looks like he's um, really starting to find his groove for us. Um, obviously, he's playing out of position um, in, you know, in, in the nine role. So that's great. His stats have been really good. I think West Ham with no, um, no Rice, uh, Dawson, who got obviously sent off. So he should, he'll be suspended. So, yeah, I think um, he could he could have a field day potentially there. It's a big game big game in terms of the um champions league spot chase yeah are well. west ham just the new leads now we just expect every game to be 3-2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really feels like it but um my one i've, I've gone for the same player i was looking at on my, from a transfer so madison he's just over five percent owned um now he didn't start in the cup game but he's got to come back soon so he'd be he'd be a differential i'd really look at targeting I really do like him. Please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code for that, I know it's the end of the season, but it's 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and remember to please rate the podcast five stars. Or you can email us, Podcast at gmail.com. I don't know if we get any emails. Like The Iceman checks it and if we've got any emails... He doesn't tell us, but you know, please, <laughs> please feel free to email us. <laughs> that, Address that, that, it to Rich or Josh. Yeah, just for FAO, one of our names, and we'll we'll email you back. No, but if someone could test it, actually, that'd be really good. But Andy, thank you so much for for coming on the pod for this week. It's been, we've learned a lot about the great and the good league. It's been a lot of fun. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. So uh, thanks for asking me along. Really good. Yeah, brilliant. And how can people find you on on social media? Just via my kind of Twitter account, so it's Greyhead uh, Greyhead nineteen. So uh, yeah, find me there. Brilliant. And they'll be able to. You're, you, I'm assuming you tweet out all the links to your articles, etc., about the league. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I tend to stick out all the um, all the links to the articles there, and then um, I tend to do a kind of a uh, kind of post deadline um, share of the teams as well, so people can have a 
quick look about who, who Magnus and uh, Billy Wonka have got. Yeah, I, I have a quick scan through that. After the deadline, I always have a little quick scan, see just, if Magnus is Captain Vardy as well. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just to make people feel better more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and it, it works. It works. It does work. <laughs> so thank you very much. And Josh, you've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.